Hey, this is Heather. Hey, this is Liz. We got together to discuss The Last Jedi, so be ready for spoilers. Absolutely. Hit that music. So how have you been? I have been cold. I've been really, really cold. So happy new year, by the way. Uh, it's 2018. Yay. Uh, <laughs> kiss my ass 2017. I'm so glad that it's over. And I'm really hoping that this year will be a better year. Not that this one was totally terrible, but it wasn't awesome either. It was no 2016. <laughs> it was not. We did not have the death toll of 2016 for sure. Celebrity death toll. Yeah, we lost net neutrality. We had uh, some other shit things happen. And we're going to talk more about this year in an upcoming episode. But I just wanted to wish you a happy new year since I haven't seen you since September. It's been a while. Sad. Yeah, September. This is We're yeah. recording a video as we do, or we're looking at each other on video for the first time since September as well. So Hi. <laughs> Hello. We're, we're testing out some new formats for the show, and you'll start to hear that a little bit. Uh, we're going to probably try and work on segments, and so you might hear some commercial breaks, mm-hmm. but that's okay, just like everybody else. Well, it gives us the opportunity to try a new format, to a new thing, new year. Uh, one of our goals for this year is actually going to be to be a little bit more consistent with our recordings and postings, uh, since they mm-hmm. tend to be weekly or whenever and we need yeah. to get past the whenever part and become a little more <laughs> a little more weekly yep that's one of our resolutions mm-hmm. for 2018 it's so weird to say that it is 2018 it's just say we have one more thing that's happening as of this week we have just hit our three-year anniversary from when we posted our first four episodes so, yes oh uh, yeah i forgot we did a like a lump sum we did thing. we so, started with four so and so, so it's been fun. It has been fun. We've had a blast. And there's so many things that we've done that we wouldn't even have thought no, about. I didn't think we would be remotely where we are right now. We've got close to 3000 followers on Twitter. I mean, remember when we, when we uh, first started, we were so excited when we had like 12. Yeah. We were- <laughs> or when we moved past people that we actually knew that was cool. I, I was like, we got an email from somebody we do not know. know and we've <laughs> never heard from since. So that's weird. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> if you're still listening. So, hi. So. Yes. It, her name was Jessica, it wasn't was, it? Yes, it was. You always remember your first. Do. Yeah. Our first troll popped up at Christmas. That was fun. Remember when he popped up again? He did. Yeah. It's like every year he comes out and he's like, hey, I've got to be more disgusting than I was last year. Yeah, last year it was disgusting and we just laughed it off and went, yay, our first icky troll. But now this came on Christmas Eve or maybe Christmas morning really early. And what was creepier, though, for me wasn't just that he sent us this because this came through Facebook. It wasn't just that he sent this. It was that he sent it and then I got a personal friend request from him like on my personal Facebook account. So I was like, ew, yuck. Yeah, messed up, dude. Like if you're going to stalk people and objectify them, obviously that's not but good. I w- but I'll send a friend request because then you start, you go from annoying troll to like, oh, this dude is seriously creepy. Yeah, he's creepy as fuck. And I, I still haven't blocked him. Like I need to go in and block him and I just haven't done it because I need to go and take screenshots of the stuff to report him and whatever. If you 
block him, you can't see the crap he wrote. Right. So how, I guess, I guess Facebook would have it, I guess. Yeah. But that's why I wanted to make sure I took screenshots so I could, you know, put it in the report before I blocked him. I saw where he put his phone number. So that's still there. So if you're on our Facebook page and you feel like giving this idiot a phone call, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to encourage you. But if you do, we'll send us a message. (laughs) Send us a note. Mm -hmm. Let us know how it goes. Because I I seriously was torn on whether we ignored it or whether we trolled the shit out of him. Because some of the other pages I follow are amazingly awesome trolls like they will go and send the screenshots of these unsolicited dick pics and whatever else to like the people's mother or their you know boss or whatever you know idiot thing they you're just posted on their page and I'm like oh I want to do that but we talked about it and we're like eh being women we probably just get the blame for whatever it was even though we have done nothing to solicit this bullshit and honestly we don't get it from anywhere else Again, we have 3,000 followers on Twitter, and we don't get any of that kind of shit, ever. And would we hear that that's where the awful people hang out, no, right? I love, I fucking love Twitter. No, but Twitter, we haven't had any problems. It's Facebook we've had our problems on. Now, I'm sure that it's like a hold my beer type of situation. <laughs> you know, I've, I've expected that when we've talked about this in the past, but it's never happened. So good on all of you listeners who are fucking awesome and don't troll us and act like pieces of shits because we appreciate that. Okay. Well, that's where we're starting at. I do want to talk about the fact that I moved to California to the Bay Area, which is known for being cold, at least in the wintertime. And it's currently 20 degrees warmer here than it is there in Houston, it Texas. It is ass cold here right now. I will tell you, we just had two nights in a row where the temperatures dropped down into the mid to upper 20s. And we were like, what the fuck? Like, first of all, I live here in the hottest fucking time of the year when it's 100% humidity and 105 degrees outside. So it feels like 120 and you're going to die just walking from the house to the car. I live here so that I don't have to deal with the fucking wind hurting my face. Like our friend Chelsea says up in Saskatchewan, <laughs> she's like, I don't know where I live, where the, my, the air hurts my face eight months out of the year. What if she got a Chewbacca mask? Uh, then it would be cold and loud. Yeah, but you wouldn't have the, the windshield. You see? Like, you know how you cover your face with a scarf? Just cover it with a Chewbacca mask. Because I would love to watch you see people wandering around Saskatchewan with the Chewbacca mask and like a scarf. Make that happen, Chelsea. I know you're listening. Yeah. Yep, we need to see it on the Instagram. We'll see it Picks on the Instagram. Picks, it didn't happen. Uh, yeah, so it's been really, really cold here, but... You know, I was talking to someone today and I was like, no, I shouldn't be bitching because I hear all these people. They're like, it's negative 37 where I live. It's negative 45. And I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's 20, but it feels like it's 19, which is awful and not what we're used to here. First of all, I realize I don't have a wardrobe at all for winter. You have to work in layers. Like I only own two long sleeve shirts. Like in general, like my mom buys me sweaters, but I always end up giving them away because I hate sweaters. So I just don't have anything like this. So, you you know, you wear a T-shirt and then you wear like a hoodie and then maybe you've got a coat that goes over that. And this year I had to steal my dad's like Duluth Trading Company big ass flannel hoodie thing because I just I don't have anything like I don't even I I don't even have a long sleeve T-shirt like I've got two of them and I'm like, so I wasn't expecting this. And second, the cold like I can't not get warm. 
Like the house, if we turn up the heater, like it's just hot on my face, the rest of me is still freezing. And I think it's because with the humidity being as high as it is here, it just literally like soaks in and chills you to the bone. You just can't get warm. It definitely happens. You get colder in Houston when it's just lightly cold. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've even said this, that I've never been colder in my life than I was in the middle of August in Houston, Texas, inside a restaurant. And you're in fucking, you're from Utah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're from the land of cold. I know. It was, it's crazy that the humidity just pulls so much of this. It just, it just gets right through to you. I heard some, uh, some old people who, who had gone on a cruise one time. They went, they were really old. I mean, these people were in their like mid to late eighties and they went on an Alaskan cruise and they're like, we were cold from the second we got off the on the boat and we were cold for a week after we got off the boat. We just couldn't get it out of your bones. Like you can't get it out of your system. And I had someone today on Facebook when I was again, bitching about, yeah, it's cold. I mean, I know we're not dealing with what other people are dealing with, but it's cold here and it's miserable. The houses here are, are insulated really, really well to keep that cold air in <laughs> which mm-hmm. is actually kind of a detriment in the winter because it's still pulling the cold air in. And I heard someone saying that they traveled or they knew someone who traveled all throughout the world with opera all over the place. And they said it is colder in Houston in sub-zero temperatures than it is in Moscow or Beijing. Like it is more uncomfortable and miserable here. I absolutely believe that. Do you remember what your what the forecast said? I wanted to tell you what mine said, but yours was I, yes. so fun. I took a picture, so I would have it because I love this app. Okay, here's a recommendation. We usually do recommendations at the end of the show, but this is awesome. If you are an iPhone user, go download. It's free. Go download the WTF forecast or WT forecast uh, app. I think it's only available for iPhone right now. This app is fucking hilarious. It is just awesome. So this is what mine said, because today it was showing at uh, 1030 this morning, or let's see, yeah, 1030 this morning, 28 degrees, feels like 19 with 10 mile an hour wind. So that's the other thing. It's not just the humidity, it's also the wind, because I live close to Galveston. So we're still getting bay winds. You get wind all the time. Holy ass pretzels, Batman. It's super fucking cold outside. That is what this app says. And it's true. It, it was, I couldn't have said it better than myself. So. So mine, which was, um, it's by the way, completely accurate. So I decided, oh, I'm going to see what the Bay Area says today. And today it actually was kind of mild. It was rainy, but it was kind of mild. And it said, this is the perfect we- weather to diddle your butthole. <laughs> I don't know who, I, who comes up with this shit, but I need to work for these people. Or Cards Against Humanity. I need to work for one of these companies that just sits around and makes this shit up all day long. Because I don't know if you guys get the, uh, we get the annual Christmas, whatever the holiday special is that the Cards Against Humanity does every year. And this year it was, I don't know, we bought a piece of the border. Like, I I don't know how big it is. We, We actually own one square foot, get this, one square foot of land on Hawaii 2, which is apparently an island off the coast of Maine or some bullshit or off Nova Scotia. I don't even know where. We own one square foot. I'm like, I am too fat to even stand in my property like that. <laughs> but I thought they were doing a wild border with Mexico. Oh, no, that that was last year. So the year before. But but no, this year we bought a we bought a piece of the border. Like there was all sorts of like random shit that came in. 
but they're so funny. I'm like, ugh, I need, I need this job. Like that is the job that I need. I know. I wonder where they are located. Chicago. Maybe they're in my area. They're in Chicago. Oh. No, I know. If they're in your area, we'd be like, peace. <laughs> no, we gotta, we'll figure it out. Moving to the West Coast. I know. You know, this is one of the nice things because you're such a night owl mm-hmm. and you know that uh, I can record after work and it's like really late for you, yeah. but it's not late. Yeah, it works out so. well for me. I don't have to wake up early. I don't have to be anywhere. I can sit here in my jammies. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So... Does anybody know what our topic today is? Oh, uh, Star Wars. Okay, so heads up, spoilers. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Spoilers all over the place here. We are talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. If you have been living under a rock or in some place that doesn't have Star Wars, which I don't understand, like Mars, maybe? I don't know. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it. Skip to the end if you don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, skip, so. skip ahead, skip ahead, or, you know, come back when you go see it because I don't know what you've been doing for the last three weeks because I've now been three times. So we actually, uh, we took my niece Maddie yesterday morning, the butt crack of dawn to go see it or the butt crack of 945. I guess that's not really the butt crack of dawn, but for those of us who work at home, it is. Pretty early for our movie. Oh, speaking of the movies, I got my movie pass. I ordered the movie pass. I was going to ask you about that. I got my card, but I haven't had the chance to use it because I just got it yesterday. So I will give you an update on how well movie pass. Let works us for know because some other people, some other friends of ours, had actually recommended that to Paul and I uh, because it's like what ten dollars a month, and you can go to a movie every day of the month as long as you show up and there's a seat available. Yeah, and every movie is more than nine ten dollars a month to start exactly. with, and you know Craig and I probably spend. $60 a month on movies. Yeah, we don't, but we could just see a lot more movies, which actually would help a lot since I have a podcast where we talk about movies quite a bit. And, <laughs> and every time we go through a movie review, it's like, I haven't seen that, but I really wanted to. I haven't seen that, but I really am excited for when it comes out on Blu-ray or digital download. So yeah. So anyway, on to Star Wars. So I, uh, Paul and I went and saw this Thursday night when it opened because it was supposed to open Friday, but you know, they start with the 7 p.m. shows on Thursday. And we actually went to a nine o'clock showing. We went with Mandy from Caster Quest and a friend of hers. So that was a ton of fun because I absolutely love her. And we, we went to go see this movie and the, the local theater, the theater closest to me has been completely remodeled. So all they have now are the reserved recliner seats. That is the most amazing thing ever. Like I love my studio movie girl at Alamo draft house because I can eat there and they have pretty good food, but those recliner chairs just really kick ass. But the problem was we bought our tickets really late this time around. So we could only get front row left. So you know. that was kind of sucky. And we, the, the recliner chairs make it better, but it was still a, a movie like Star Wars is so big and visually impactful. Like even the opening crawl, I felt like I needed to run back and forth across the theater to even be able to take it in and yep. read it. And then let me ask you this. We've seen these crawls for the last 40 years, right? It seems to me they used to be a little more center justified than they are now. Now they seem to have stretched them so they take up the whole fucking screen. And maybe I'm just remembering it wrong because we had smaller TVs. 
probably remembering it from television because I remember we've been when I was a kid going, I can't read it all. It's like, you know, I couldn't wait until it got to the spot in which it wasn't being cut right. off. Because that's it. It's really hard, especially when you are that close. Just see all of that. Like we we've we've seen it three times and each time we got progressively further back. When we saw it yesterday, we were in the back row, very dead center of this movie theater which was awesome because I will be honest, like we're not going to do a summary of this because we're just going to assume you've seen it. It it takes place immediately after the last movie or somewhat immediately. I don't know. They act like it's immediately, but I have logistical questions about how it can be that immediate. So I don't know. We'll get into that. I was going to tell you about how, when I saw it, Mm -hmm. I actually had tickets. I bought tickets for something called D-Box. Have I told you about this? No, but we I just saw that. I don't even know what it is. Is that the one? That's the one where they like shake your seat and shit, right? Made me laugh. Didn't D-box. they ban all that stuff from like back in the 40s or some shit? It probably made people puke and stuff. So yeah, this was D-Box. I bought D-Box tickets for the Friday, not the Thursday. Mm-hmm. And um, I bought them in October when I could. Well, come Friday, um, we had a huge plumbing emergency. Our plumbing was backed up. We had a plumber at the house, and we could not go see Star what a Wars. Shitty reason. <laughs> I went and returned my tickets because they let me oh, get a refund. Nice. And so I drove down there to get a refund. And as soon as I got the refund, I got a call from Craig like they're done. And I'm like, you could have gotten here. Is but- a I know. Uh, we needed to try and find a reserve seats because everything screening was sold out. We ended up going to Santa Cruz, which is like an hour away. It's not quite an hour, mm-hmm. but it's quite a way. And they had a seat. They had a little theater with 150 seats. And we thought, oh, I guess, whatever. And so we got 10 a.m. movie tickets the next day. So Saturday morning, we get up at eight or something and drive to Santa Cruz. Pretty drive, by the way. Anyway, so we get in there. And this theater is a full-size fucking theater. Mm-hmm. Why is there only 150 seats? Oh, full recliners. Yeah. You can lay all the way down and walk past yeah, yeah. each other. It's amazing. Like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's so comfortable. I, and, like, honestly, the tickets were only, like, $11. We got our... Okay, so the one we went to yesterday, because we saw it at the Cinemark with Mandy. Then we saw it at the Studio Movie Grill the next week. And then yesterday we saw it at the Cinemark again, back in the recliners. Um, but we went on Tuesday. Now Tuesday around here is cheap ticket day for the movie. So it was like $5 and 85 cents for this nine forty five show, but it was that same price all day. So I was like, yay, cheap tickets. So go to the movies on Tuesday if you're in Houston. So we're more excited about what, how we saw the movie. <laughs> Let's talk about our first impressions. What are your first impressions of the movie after seeing it on Thursday night? After I walked out of the theater Thursday night, first of all, I saw this with my snarky friend. And this would have been probably the same issue I would have had had you and I seen it together. Um, Was that at certain points throughout the movie, we would just turn to each other and go, what the fuck are we watching? Like, just, I I was like, what what am I watching? Uh, Kylo Ren in his naked pants or whatever. At some point, if you just got to call it a bra too, because like it was all the way up to it was it was nipple covering. Almost, it was very very close. I was like, "What is happening?" But there, you know, the <laughs> Mandy. I remember her texting me at like two o'clock that morning after we had gone to see it because we didn't get out till like twelve thirty or whatever. So she sends me this message at like two o'clock that says, "Are we just going to ignore the giant lizard giraffe and its milk on the beach?" Like, <laughs> like what the. F- 
fuck? And there was another point where I, I literally turned to her and I said, she's like, what are we watching? I was like, space balls, apparently. Because I just, and again, we watched it from the front row. And I think that really clouded what I thought of it to begin with. I was like, I'm going to have to go see this again further back so that I can actually take it in a little bit better and and live with some of the humor a little bit. Because at first glance, I can see why a lot of people were complaining about it and bitching about it because good God, so much bitching. Because there's a lot of humor in it. There's a lot of stuff to bitch about if you really want to nitpick it. And when I walked out of the theater, I did not have the feeling that I wanted to have when I walked out. There were a lot of questions and all the questions I walked in with were answered in the lamest ways possible. You know what I mean? Like, who is this? Who are they? Who is this? Doesn't matter. Don't give a shit. And I'm like, oh, so, but I will say that. Are you you talking about the the spoiler of who um, uh, the parents are? The parents are and who Snoke was. Like, those were the two big burning questions. And they were both like, doesn't matter at all. So. Remember, though, I mean, we're going to have to think back to our Star Wars, um, The Force Awakens. And I said the whole time, I do not want her family yep. to be right because I wanted her to be have be one with the force without having some kind of genetic reason that she's part Jedi or and something this is, like that. this is something that people have really been complaining about is how can she not be related to anybody how can she possibly come from nobody's but if you actually think back to the shitty prequels and this is where we learned all we needed to learn about how the Jedi order ran This is all the information we had since they recanonized or did whatever. And we didn't have the books anymore to fall on was that the Jedi were basically living a singular monastic type lifestyle. They were not married. They did not have attachments. Most of them that we know of did not have any children. I don't think it, you know, I don't think they were necessarily happy to be celibate, but they were the only one that was known. He is. So it would stand to reason and they were finding force sensitive children all throughout the galaxy in every race on every planet and they were going and scooping them up and taking them to the temple where they would raise them from basically infants or toddlers or whatever so the fact that she belongs to no one is not surprising i mean at yeah, all it, it fits right in and it also kind of solves my concern if it was like if the force is genetic why aren't jedi allowed to have children well that's the thing and i think the reason they're not allowed to have children or one of the reasons they're not is that you know again they make a whiny bitch they they do they they make really whiny fucking kids (laughs) because jesus christ like here's the deal like um okay so this is going to be another spoiler there's a um a book that came out and the audiobook is amazing. This book came out back in November, maybe, and it's called From a Certain Point of View. And it is actually a, a, a collection of stories from different angles and different views throughout the the first Star Wars movie. I think maybe, maybe into all of them. I actually it was the first the original trilogy. But it was uh Point like they actually even had like a story from Aunt Baru, you know, Luke's aunt, who was dead telling the story. I'm not exactly sure who she's scribing it to at that point, 
But she was, and she even said, my name is Baru Owen and I'm dead. And let me tell you about my relationship with Luke. So there was, there was a lot of this kind of stuff going on. And, you know, one of the things that, um, I've just completely lost my whole train of thought on that shit. Okay. So this, this book is awesome though. It really is. So go read it. Cause it's, it's amazing or listen to it. It's really good. Cause it's a, uh, the audio book is really good. You know, while we're talking about books, maybe we should remind our listeners of our upcoming book club. Yes. Our next book club is Thrawn by Timothy Zahn. Uh, I highly recommend that you get the audio book. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And then they also have the, the same ships, he, you know, he pilots one of the ships that is in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it. Mm-hmm. And Last Jedi. Um, it's called um, Dreadnought. Dreadnought. Yeah. It's a type of ship. Yeah. The Dreadnought. Yeah. So yeah. kind of cool to see. And especially since there was a big portion. And I'm going to go back into the book. I apologize. Mm-hmm. That, or into the movie. Um, there's a big portion of the movie where you see that the limitations of these large ships and their, you know, nimble ability. And you kind of yeah. get, you know, and Thrawn will give you more of a detail on that. So read that, listen to that and uh, come back for us for our book club episode, which is coming up soon. Yep. Yeah, we have that coming very shortly because we read it a while ago. So we really need to <laughs> record that one. Yeah. I did like that part of the movie mm-hmm. where it explained this, this black hole in where, you know, a ship is too small to be taken out with something direct line of sight. So they had to keep getting it with the cannons, but it was nothing. It was doing, nothing was happening because of the shields, right? right. They're just wearing, wearing it's out of gas. Yeah. Well, they, they didn't have the range, like the, the smaller ships are lighter so they can move faster. So they could stay just far enough out of range so that you you're just hitting the outside of the shield and not actually penetrating through, which it's like, you're like, that's stupid. Why don't they just speed up? Well, they can't, they can't go any faster than they're already going. So, yeah, I mean, without hitting like light speed. Yeah. Those moments reminded me really of that very first episode of Battle of Star Galactica, where, you know, they was, they kept jumping and then they were getting caught up by the Cylons. And it was like the really tense, you know, moments, like all of this is happening behind the scenes and they're trying to you know resolve things but mm-hmm. the whole time there's that threat it's right there it's going to yep. happen in 23 minutes or something mm-hmm. and it's funny because a lot of pe- i heard a lot of people going on and on about how you know they they hated force awakens because they thought it was just a complete redo of a new hope which i don't i just i've watched it again like last week i don't see that to be honest i mean yes they both see that it's the same movie they have similar things but so does every fucking origin story movie i mean we find you in a shitty hole and then we take you somewhere else story if it has the same character in a different timeline that experienced all the same things so it's not an origin they rebooted a series it shouldn't be the same well, they didn't. They're not rebooting a series. They've got a new character. Ray is the new. She's the new hope. She's the new hope now. So it kind of stands to reason that this would be very similar. But they were saying this movie is such a departure. And it's, you know what? Go back and watch it again. And go back and watch Empire Strikes Back. The opening scene is about the same fucking thing, except it's a little bit flip flop because. They have their first, you know, they're having to escape Hoth and they're having to do a transport escape, get everybody cleared out of the base. But instead of the Empire or the First Order, whoever, tracking the whole fleet like they're doing in The Last Jedi, you know, they were tracking the Millennium Falcon. Like they weren't chasing every ship. They were chasing that one ship because Vader was obsessed with getting 
yeah. Luke. So he just, mm-hmm. he was tracking that ship because that was his best option of how to, how to get them. And, you know, so it's just a little bit flip-flop, but there's, you know, same kind of humor stuff pops in and out, same little budding possible romance types of things. You've even got like, oh, we've gone to this place that's better than life. And it's, look at it. It's amazing. Cloud City. Hello. Like, look at this thing. I mean, so there's a lot of things that do harken back to the old series. And I think that makes it feel familiar enough that we're not like, this is total crap. And then like, oh, I've gone to find my uh, Jedi master who is now a hermit on a faraway desolate plan. Hello, Yoda, Dagobah. So, you know. found it very similar in those same things. It wasn't a copycat like Force Mm -hmm. Awakens was. (laughs) I still don't feel it was a copycat. You know, in general, I walked out of that movie and I really enjoyed it. I did not enjoy it when I first, well, that's not true. There were things that I thought were very funny. And then there were things that I had a really, really hard time with. And so I walked out feeling very conflicted because I wanted to walk out going, oh my God, I love that. And I saw so many people that were like, oh my God, I fucking love that. And I'm like, eh. And Paul was like, I love that. And I was like, eh. I said, I need to see it again. I need to see it again from the middle of the theater, further back, you know, like I need to see bigger. And honestly, when I saw it the second time, totally got why people loved it. I really did. Because I think, and and if you hated it and you're listening to this going, y'all are fucking idiots, just go and watch it again. I know you don't want to pay the extra dollar, but go on Tuesday when it's five bucks. Go watch it again from a different seat, from a different, different point of view, if you will. And I think you will like it better. Because it does grow on you. When you first see this stuff, we, again, we're used to remembering kind of the serious, heavy parts of the original Star Wars trilogy. But when you go back and look at them, and I think that's why so many people hate, I mean, well, one, it was a shit movie, but why they hate the Phantom Menace was because of this Jar Jar Binks character that they just think is ridiculous and he's whatever. But if you go back and you watch original Yoda and you watch some of these other things, they were silly and they were ridiculous. You know, and honestly, Yoda in this movie was one of the things I had a bit of a problem with because he was so like, he was such an evil little Muppet. Well, he was, but, but again, I don't think about that. You think of him being wise, learned Jedi Master Yoda. And then you go back and watch it again and go, oh yeah, he was an evil little Muppet. Look at him. He's a fucking bastard. And then you're like, oh, okay. He's hysterical. And it, it gets funnier. Like it, again, it grows on you as you, as you're taking in different things, even the giant lizard giraffe milking on the beach. Uh, well, the first, again, when I first saw it and I'm sitting next to my snarky friend and when you're sitting with your snarky friend, you make snarky comments. Oh, I know. Like I was like, man, whatever that is needs to be milked. Like you can tell. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't realize Luke would be the one milking it. <laughs> but I was just like, what? Like you're like, oh, but I think it was funny because even Ray had like the exact expression on her face that I did. It was like, oh, look at this guy. He's really interesting. Oh my God, you're milking him. What the fuck is happening? And then he like aggressively drinks the milk and there's like green milk spilling down his chin kind of thing. I was like, passive aggressively drinking <laughs> milk from the teat of some alien animal as effectively as he has done. That was, I tell you what, here's the deal. Mark Hamill, I think gave his best, one of his best performances ever in this movie, because there is so much that I think people were expecting to see. Again, they were expecting to see wise, learned Yoda 
as, you know, Luke. But what they got was crazy Muppet Luke, who's like, <laughs> just, I'm going to aggressively stab this fish and walk around with it. I'm just going to do all this really like she's like why can't you train me i've seen your routine you're not busy you know <laughs> which i thought was awesome yeah like yeah i i really the more i've watched it like again seeing it a third time yesterday i picked up some more things that i really liked it the mary poppins leia thing really kind of bugged the shit out of me the first time it's like what the fuck is happening i don't understand why she's flying with a handout that's dumb he has the force i as, as soon as i saw that i'm like look at her with the force like nobody was talking about how much she could force she force pulled herself into the sky she's like that's what i was talking she's a fucking skywalker hello skywalker she's flying through oh. the sky anyway no, okay that's what that's what i was talking about from the certain point of view book sorry it's come full circle there is a section <laughs> there's a section in there that is a story and it is between ben kenobi and yoda but ben is coming to him as a force ghost like right after late like right after actually it's like it's kind of a, it's a very weird story because it's kind of both before and after he gets cut down uh by vader so it's it's a very strange like it's it's kind of all it's forced, so it's all interspersed and mixed around. Very Schrodinger's commode in uh, Kenobi. So he, but he goes in a force projection to Yoda, and basically says it's time to train. Or Yoda goes to him, or I don't know. However, they talk to each other. They says it's time to train the Skywalker child. I cannot wait to train the Skywalker child. Bring her to me. Ah. I've been watching her for a long time. He wanted to train Leia. And Ben's like, no, no, I got Luke. He's like, not that one. No, no, not that one. Like he is, he is a whiny bitch is basically <laughs> what he's, that's the gist of the thing. He is a whiny bitch. He is not focused. He is not going to, you know, he doesn't complete anything. He can't even clean a droid. Like, no, we're just not going to do it. He wanted to train Leia because he thought that with her, with her Senate background and her being royal her whole life and learning this focus and this discipline that she would be the one who would be able to carry this bloodline or the, the force forward and the Jedi order forward. So that, that was really kind of an interesting thing. So you're like, Oh, she really, cause they, they kind of allude to, well, she can hear Luke, but she doesn't ever do anything else. Jedi. E. Yeah. And in the, the original books that Timothy Zahn wrote the heir to the empire series back whenever those were written, she does become a Jedi or she becomes Jedi light is what I'll say. She has training with Luke. She knows how to use a lightsaber. She knows how to do some things with the force. And then she has twin children and those children grow up and become whatever is Jason and Jaina or whatever. But then they, when they recanonized, we really haven't seen Leia do anything other than this telepathic knowledge that Han's dead talking to Luke and that's it. That's all we've seen. And then we see she has a connection in this movie with Kylo Ren where he can kind of, okay, my mom's here. She's like, I see you, whatever they're doing. So that, that was cool. It was like, okay, she does have the force. Like this really could have been. I have a theory about that. And you know how Luke shut himself off to the force is that she also did because obviously her son was so high up in the empire, you know, or whatever the fuck it's called now. I think from what I've read, in all of the new canon books, it's not so much that she shut herself off. She just never cared enough to, because you have to develop these skills. Again, latent ability is not the same as learning how to tap into it and do like, she knew some things like she knew how to do different meditations to 
you know, rein her emotions in and calm down and and think things really through. But she was much more focused on the government and making sure that things were running properly, that people were taken care of, they weren't being oppressed, you know, all of these things. And that has been her whole life. So she was in the Senate for 20 years before the resistance starts up, because that's about when the, the First Order starts trying to take over things. And they did it very similarly to the prequels, you know, get in the Senate and, you know, worm your way in. That's how you do a hostile takeover, basically. And I think that's just been much more of her focus. And then when she had Ben, who was incredibly force sensitive and, you know, powerful, very powerful, that she wanted him to go train with Luke so that he would have a guiding hand who knew what he was doing. Though, again, Luke had like 25 minutes of, uh, of training in his lifetime, so... I know. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. All right. So I actually thought it was cool when she kind of flew back in there because I was very concerned that they were going to kill her off. I was concerned they were going to kill her off 30 minutes into the movie. I was like, okay, well, I know we have to deal with the fact that Carrie Fisher has died, but I was really hoping that that wasn't going to, because when she flew out that window, I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I was not excited about that. I was not ready for that to happen. And then I thought maybe they would switch her um, with um, the Admiral. I forgot her last name. Yeah. When she said somebody has to be left behind, because that Mm -hmm. same conversation could be whoever is on the ship. Yeah. Um, So I'm I'm glad glad that they didn't take her out of the series. I'll be interested to see because they have flat out said she is not going to be in episode nine. They're not going to do a CGI. They've done nothing unless they've got stuff on the cutting room floor to use. Uh, They didn't have any of that film before she died. So I will be interested to see how far in advance, like how far in the future the next movie is. They go five years in the future, then they don't have to explain what happened. Well, that's the thing. They can just say she died. She was under enemy attack. They will explain it, but it will be, I assume, something like that. Because between the the different movies in the original trilogy, there was time span, right? There was like two years between the Battle of Yavin and Hoth. And I think two or three years between the end of Empire and the beginning of Return of the Jedi. All right, let's talk about characters that we liked um, that were introduced Okay. So we had Rose, the one that we're going to think of most obviously. Yeah, Rose, I really, really like her. I, I like you. I like her a lot. I like the actress who plays her because I've seen a lot of different videos that they did kind of leading up to this and where they're just interviewing them and talking. And she seems really adorable. Uh, and I loved her character. I really loved her character. I like the the little bridge that's happening with her and Finn. So that'll be interesting to see if he you know, has the same feelings going forward that she does. I think that his sexuality is still up in the air. I don't know. I think people are having just a massive fit that he and uh, Poe haven't just totally fucked in the corridor or something. And I'm like, really? They- like, when is their time? He's been in a, I'm like, give it a break. And they knew each other eight minutes. Again, you know, they, they really. They have similar fashion sense. You know what I will tell you though? I, I will tell you that in the Star Wars universe, and especially we're seeing it in all the books that are coming out, they have zero problems with the queer lifestyle, the transgender, any of that kind of crap. There's like no, nobody bats an eye when you say, hi, I'm Bev and this is my wife, Sue. Nobody blinks an eye at it. Uh, In the Aftermath books, uh, Sinjir, 
the one of the characters in there. He was a former Imperial officer. He's gay. Uh, they talk about in uh, the this book that the from a certain point of view book that um, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin was gay, which not really surprising. And I think they may have talked about it in one of the other the in the Tarkin book as well. Yeah, he just seems kind of asexual, is what I. Well, I you would think, but. But it's, and again, it's not like I'm in love. It's like, oh, here's a cute boy toy. And it's TK421, which is the <laughs> one that they kill and take his body in the, when they come on the Death Star. So <laughs> lots, lots. I really like that. I like that it's not an issue. It's very, you know. And it's a long time ago. So like they're way ahead of us, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, let's see. The other new character that I was thinking of was the little new BB-8 that's evil. BB nine, I think is BB nine yeah. something. Yeah, he's awesome. Even though I only saw him for like a he was fraction, only there for a fraction of a second. So we'll see if maybe he comes. Well, probably not. He probably got blown up. If he was on Snoke's ship, then the ship. They don't just make one robot. They make lots of them. Well, they do. But you'd think we would see more BB eights rolling around. We've seen more R two units in the past in different shows, and we've seen more uh, protocol droids that look similar to C three PO. But also, we're we're new into this future so we haven't just had any opportunity to see more i think that some of my favorite characters were the caretakers they were hysterical i don't know what they were called they just call them the caretakers they were just so funny and like ray shooting a hole through the house and he's like yeah they've they've maintained these structures since they were built over a thousand generations ago (laughs) and she shoots a hole in one they're just like bitch please I mean, they are pissed <laughs> and then she drops like half a rock on them and breaks their wheelbarrow and they're like stupid cunt i mean they were pissed but he's like i don't think they like me very much he's like i don't know why so okay so talk about some of the new characters and then what were some of your favorite scenes from the new movie favorite scenes um you know what i really like i i don't know people may not have liked it. i really liked the force talk between Kyle like Ben and Ray. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I was really hoping that we were going to get, I was hoping we'd get a little bit more romance between them. Cause I think that's something we haven't really seen yet. You no, know, they do have this, like they have a thing. They've got I think some. they could have a cool thing. If he would stop being a whiny baby. Cause he's yeah. a whiny baby. Okay, So he's a Skywalker. This- so Skywalker males are all fucking whiny bitches. So after the second time I watched it, now I my favorite scene I think was the scene where they uh, killed Snoke and then went after everybody else. Oh, that was amazing! Yeah, that was that was the best scene I thought. Yeah, and you know when he was like, "Oh, hey, you know why don't you help rule rule with me instead of fixing the the issues with the Empire?" And mm-hmm. so and you're like, "Oh, okay, so he is still a bad guy." I was hoping you would turn, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I was thinking about it after the second movie. It's like everything is talking about this balance of light and dark, and like there's every time that light rises, dark rises, dark and rise. Rise. Mm-hmm. and I was thinking, well, they actually would be a perfect pair to rule the galaxy, then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like because they could, you know, she could be like, "Oh, uh, Kylo, you're being a little too evil right now," mm-hmm. you know. Anyway. And he'd be like, you need to step up your evil game. You're letting the world walk all over you. So I now I don't like them romantically together, but I think they could co-helm the universe. Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I think the, you know, the whole thing of balance is, you know, they, and as I was reading some stuff while uh, you were on the phone earlier and <laughs> one of them said, you know, 
you know, everybody's like, well, where did Snoke come from? But they say when, you know, when the dark rises, the light will rise to meet it. And when the light rises, the dark will rise to meet it. And so what if Snoke was kind of part of Luke starting a new Jedi order? You know, yeah. he's, he's training a dozen Padawans. He was training them at the same time that, you know, he got into those kids, right? Mm-hmm. So Snoke was getting big and getting into those. So, you know, the, the only, if you're going to need to bring balance to the force, mm-hmm. it sounds like because the dark always tries to rule everyone, you said that actually would have been a perfect mix is to actually kind of co-helm that with some yeah. light. One of the things I found really interesting, one of the things Paul was saying was that Snoke is the only thing anybody really knows about him is that he supposedly like the most powerful dark force or dark, dark side user in like 25,000 years. Supposedly. I don't, I don't, I haven't read that anywhere, but he said that because there's nothing on him that I have found that's like true canon. Not yet. Anyway, there may be more in the, like when they do the novelization of the book, they may have some more background in it. What I found really interesting in that throne room scene where Ben cuts him in half and he's unceremoniously just chopped literally right through the center and both falls out with a dead cow tongue hanging out was that if he's supposed to be the most powerful dark side user, but Kylo Ren has been able to effectively shield his mind and his intentions. And what he did was he intended to activate a saber and he was intending to kill Cut down his enemy. Yeah. And that it got read perfectly well. He just didn't realize that he was meeting somebody else. Well, but I think he was still able to block enough of who he was going after. But again, you know, so that that leaves some very interesting implications about the the depth and breadth of Kylo's abilities that may still be latent because he's been under someone else's thumb for his whole life, whoever it is, either Luke or Snoke or whatever. Now that he has taken the reign as supreme leader of the First Order, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, I like Bill Weasley came in. <laughs> I was going to say, General Hux, oh my God, did he not look like he was about to cry in every fucking scene? Like he was not that much of a pussy in The Force Awakens. He really wasn't. Yeah. I watched it again the other day and because uh, I was watching it with Maddie uh, Sunday night since we were or Monday night since we were going to take her to the movie tomorrow I said well let's watch you know the one that you know we took you to two years ago and then we'll go watch this one and I was like yeah Hux was I mean Hux was tough in the first movie I mean, he was an asshole he was very Hitler-esque he was very you know had that whole authoritarian thing down and he and in Kylo have kind of a back and forth bitch relationship with each other but this movie, he is a total fucking pussy. And I just, ugh, I don't know. Like he is thrown to the ground the first five seconds. He is tossed around the room. He is strangled. He is not, a, you know, he is not a powerful figure at all. So, but he just looked like he was going to cry the whole time. I mean, I like Bill Weasley and Harry Potter, but. All right. Hey, let's uh, take a little break right now. You know, you can listen to these uh, exciting words from our castaway podcast partners absolutely when we come back we'll talk a little bit more hey do you like movies hey do you like podcasts if you do then come on down and listen to the home video hustle podcast homie hustle hustle every friday we talk about whatever movie pj picks out the bag what does that mean 
Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a theme to it, sometimes not. PJ picks the movie up, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.popbean.com, all of them in one place for you, so you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the Defenders, yeah. but I like to think we a little bit better than that. <laughs> come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. Welcome back. Welcome back to our from our very first uh, promo break. Yes. So <laughs> we wanted to talk a little bit about the fans' reactions to what the movie was because it has been seriously messed up, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I get used to these fanboys and I get fangirls going freaking nuts. Mm-hmm. Seriously, like I did. I came home one day and I was off the internet for three days because I was afraid of spoilers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get back on the internet and I'm like, why does everybody hate this movie? I loved it. Yeah, it's a fair. I, you know what I've decided though? I think all Star Wars movies are fairly divisive. You either love them or hate them. There are very few casual, enjoying fans. You know, like it's. Or if they do, it's, I saw one movie one time and then I saw this other movie this other time. So eh, like, they're just not invested. But I think if you've invested any sort of time in this, it becomes, you know, a part of you. It just, I mean, this was the very first movie I ever went to in 1977 at nine months old. Everyone knows that, but it's, it's a thing, right? Like this is my thing and I love it. So coming out of there the first time with the feeling that I didn't love it, was hard because I wanted to love it. I came in with, with, I think the thing is like when, when the force awakens came out, I went in with very low expectations, like no expectations because I really just wanted to enjoy it for what it was and move on. But now we've had two years of speculation. Who is this? What is that? Trying to nitpick every little detail and you got to remember when a new hope came out and then empire came out when empire came out, they didn't even know they were going to make a second movie after the first one. You know, they made it with an end, you know, when they have that throne room, that's, that's an end. And then we had another movie made. So this one, you go into it knowing there's going to be three movies. I think that just sets you up for these expectations that honestly, no movie's ever going to be able to live up to fully just because it's not the movie in my head doesn't mean it's a bad movie. And I think that's what a lot of people went into was that they had a certain way in their minds that they thought this was going to go. And because it didn't, they were disappointed or pissed. I think it was a visually stunning movie. It was done beautifully. The humor is there and keeps you rolling on. And I, I don't know, like I said, there were things that I had problems with, but that's any movie, you know? The way I feel about it now is I, and I think this is happening now more than ever. And we've talked about it a few times is that, you know, your initial views of a movie, normal people should be able to look back and either change their mind or understand kind of a more well-rounded thing. But it's nowadays people get their own, something set in their head instantly. And Mm -hmm. even when giving proof there of the opposite, they they still dig down because they don't want to change their mind. That head they'd, rather, they'd rather just keep the fact different. And mm-hmm. 
is works in opinion and works. And I've just noticed that more and more that people are less willing to like, listen to like an alternate viewpoint or even accept an alternate viewpoint on this. Um, the people like, like you, you went to the movie, you didn't necessarily like it immediately. You went to the movie the second time and you kind of changed your opinion mm-hmm. of it. And yeah. I think that that second step is what nobody's doing anymore. Mm-hmm. I knew for me and my own peace of mind that I needed to go back and find what I loved in it. And that, and honestly, there are things in the prequels that I really do like and enjoy, even though people will shit all over them and they're like, Oh, they don't even exist. I'm like, mm, they do. They're not well done. And they're the acting in most of it's kind of crap, but there's a lot of really good information that comes out of it. They just, took it in a weird direction because you know what kid really gives a shit about trade federations and you know nobody cares about that uh alan uh, from comingsoon.net he brought up a good point i listened to an interview that he did the other day that the reason why the prequels were so hard to watch was because there was no every man in them right like so han solo was the every man in mm-hmm. uh, the star wars and finn even though he's or poe um finn I both, both of Technically, them, both of them. Yeah, they, they they are they're average people and they're in the new ones. And the, but the prequels had only like really high fluting and political. Well, you had Jedis and Sith and senators and yeah, it's not queens and yeah, there was nobody yeah. that an average person could relate to. So even mm-hmm. if they just had a had a, a thin line of somebody regular viewing this world from an outsider view, I think that it would have been more. Well, I think. I think they tried to make that Anakin, but the fact that they immediately set him up as the most powerful force wielder or the, you know, highest midichlorian count or whatever dumbass thing they were trying to do that immediately. I mean, again, if you're a little kid and somebody takes you from your home and tells you that you're the chosen one and you're going to be all these things, there's all this self-fulfilling prophecy kind of stuff that will come into play and it's going to skew you. It's going to skew who you are and I don't know. I don't know. And everybody's like, I hated that kid. He was so whiny. I was like, he's a fucking kid. All kids are whiny. Have you been around kids? Yeah. Maybe he would have become a psychopath much earlier had not been the Jedi influencing his ways because clearly the dude's crazy. He could have, or he could have lived out his life on Tatooine winning pod races and being farming, a slave. Farming sand. Isn't that what they do? Moisture farming. Yeah. Farming water out of the sand. But yeah. All right. Okay. Or out I- of the air. I don't. I don't really know how... The, in, the ins and outs of moisture farming works. They don't tell us and no one actually does that for a living. So, <laughs> so um, I feel that the uh, movie got kind of a, an immediate negative response. And like I was saying that, uh, that concerns me because I think that people are less like inclined to change their minds nowadays, mm-hmm. but I actually found an article. I was just stumbled across it from on geek tyrant and they actually looked at Empire Strikes Back. And apparently back in the day, because there was no internet, there was a sci-fi magazine called Starlog. And mm-hmm. and fan letters would write in about movies that they saw. And Empire Strikes Back struck a chord with people. And mm-hmm. people were pissed off that Luke was related to Vader. And then some of them were saying don't believe it's not true yeah yeah don't believe everything you hear like just because they said that doesn't mean they weren't trying to manipulate it's just like exactly what they're saying about ray Mm -hmm. um kylo but i think ray has too much of a even though they're kind of hinting that you know it may be a lie but ray kind of has a you know she's in touch with the force you think she would 
be able to understand when something's true. You left too much open at the end. We needed more resolution to things and is what they were. It's the middle movie. It's like, but, but that's the same. Again, it's the same thing that happened when empire came out. We remember it now, 40 years later as the best movie of it's uh, the best movie of the series. People will tell you that all the time. And it's not even a point of contention for most people that that is the best of the original trilogy and probably of all the movies to date. Um, But, and I think going into the future, people are going to look back at this one and say that it is very similar. Like I, again, it's going to take me a while to fully get there myself, but I think that that, you know, that is the brilliance of how they do these things is that the longer you watch them and the more you see them, the more you'll find that you like them. So I would I would definitely recommend that anyone who saw it and didn't like it, go see it again. Yeah. Sit in a different seat. Do something different and look for something different. Because if you look for good, you'll find it. I feel that it was very similar to Empire. I know everybody's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's just too different from Empire. That's Empire. No, it's, it's like almost formulaically exactly the same. Yeah. So, you know, Ray went to a Jedi master to learn more of the ways. There's a goddamn sunken ship right off the coast. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, how did you feel about the porgs? Mm. I thought they were, I, don't I, I, I didn't really, I don't really, I don't really care for them in general. Like I don't care one way or the other. I'm indifferent to porgs. I did like the initial intro to the porgs with Chewie having a couple of roasted porgs on him and they're watching him eat. And I'm like, first of all, he didn't even take the feet off, which is hysterical. He took the head off. He didn't take the feet off because it looked like big bird's feet, which is the (laughs) the saddest thing about that. And then I'm like, but you already cooked it. You're just going to let it go to waste. Like that's wasteful. I I felt the same thing. I'm like, at that point, it's just too late, right? It's all right. I know we've already, the the damage is done, dude. Yeah. So, Might as well eat it. Um, with the porgs, fun fact: Did you hear why they inserted porgs into the movie? Yes, because that island that they were filming on was covered in puffins. Yep, and it's easier to cover up. And have- yes, it is. I know that one. We learned that in Justice League with the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will tell you my one of my favorite things, and I've again seeing it three times. It hit me as impactful every single time was when Holdo does the light speed through Snoke's ship. And there is that 10 seconds of absolute silence. And I saw that like AMC was actually posting signs at their theater that this was intentional. It's not a screw up with the movie. Like people are so stupid that they're actually thinking. But here's here's the thing. One of the biggest complaints that you will hear people say about the original trilogy is that when the Death Stars blow up, in both of the movies, there's a big explosion, big ball of light and all this. And they're like, you wouldn't hear that. There's no noise in space. Now they've given it to you where there's no fucking noise in space. And you're like, but other gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, impactful, insane. Like, I don't know. I've, I don't know that I can pull another movie off the top of my head that just cuts like 10 minutes of or 10 seconds of audio out and it makes such an impact or really any movie that's just cuts the sound. But it's, it's so impactful that, you know, when this happens that you're really capturing the, the magnitude of what's going down. I, so when that happened for the first time and the first time I saw it, um, somebody in the background was like, woohoo, 
you know, by the way, it's nine in the morning. We're like, all right, dude, (laughs) you are way too awake for this, sir. And then, um, and then, so I was thinking, okay, well, the second time that I'd see it, that it would not have the same sound like that. And no, somebody was like, well, that was awesome. Like, like that was really loud. And I'm like, can't shut up. Nobody said anything in ours, except the, the first night when we saw it, there was like a collective gasp that happened. And that was like, well, I mean, that was like a little chilling. That was really kind of cool. I like that. That's yeah. I thought it was very cool. So, all right, let's see. Now, what do you think the future for the series will be? I guess there's only one more episode of this. Well, for now, do, do you think Ray will continue on past this trilogy? Uh, I hope so. I mean, I think that's the point of introducing new characters is to have them pick up the torch and carry it. Though I feel like they've spent, you know, two movies out of three just trying to figure out who the hell she is. Yeah. So I guess they did the same thing with the original trilogy. So maybe she'll come back 30 years from now and be a Jedi Master. Or maybe she'll go to the dark side and have Kylo Ren's little devil babies. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Luke was very concerned. He's like, "You're, you're not even trying to pull away. Like, you know, like, you're not even going, yeah. oh, that's temptation. I should say, wait, she's like, you're not even trying. <laughs> well, she didn't try and she went right to it, but she came right back from it. And I think that's one of the things that when he failed his little dark side test on uh, Dagobah, you know, because he goes into the thing and gets, you know, it's going to give you what you need. Don't take your weapons or, you know, you're not going to need them. So he took them anyway. And it's like, oh, remember how you failed at the cave? And she did the exact same thing. So he can say whatever he wants to. I I don't think it was bad that she went and tried to get the answers that she needed. Oh, I didn't. I didn't care. I didn't. He did the same thing. He just didn't. He was, you know, just didn't put together that his face under the Vader mask was a little more foreshadowing than just you could become evil. Yeah. Like your father. Ha ha ha. I don't think this movie ruined my image of Luke. And I think that a lot of people were complaining about that. And it was like, no, it actually kind of makes him more human that he was. It makes him a lot more likable. I think because he's kind of a, kind of a whiny douche in the original trilogy. And I kind of like the fact he's not good looking anymore. It makes him more. I still still think he's our, I mean, I don't one. I don't think he was ever all that good looking to begin with quite, to be honest, but I like that. I like the, the distinguished, I like the beard. I like the whole, I like the look. Like I didn't have a problem with it because again, if you think about, you know, we've talked about different, the different phases of a Jedi and it's all done through hair, right? Yeah. Either your hair on your head or the facial hair on your face. So you've got your younglings and they all have that horrible rat tail braid. Well, he missed that stage because he was on a farm, you know, he was farming water as a child And then they move into the Padawan stage where they, you know, have a mullet going on or, you know, light mullet light. And then they move into the Jedi master with the long hair phase. So he kind of is in that, you know, growing out from the shag because he had kind of a shag thing going on. And then he he missed the facial hair altogether until later because they do. They all go from clean shaven to a little bit of a thing and a little beard. And I think what was really cool was that in The Force Awakens, Mark Hamill was the exact same age that Alec Guinness was when he did A New Hope. <laughs> that was that was just neat. Like that's that's just fortuitous that it kind of came around like that and that he, you know, became he became Obi-Wan kind of thing, you know. 
Yeah. And moved yeah. into that, that realm, you know, and he's been in exile for 20 years or whatever it's been, 15, 10 years, however long he's been out there. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I liked it. I didn't think any less of Luke. And I think that people mm. are kind of upset with that. And maybe they were Luke fanboys, but I think he was more of a. Let's talk about this because I didn't, I did not expect him to be the one to die in this episode. Me neither. That was completely shocking to me. Yeah, but a Skywalker dies every time the, the font is red. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured they would find a way to edit out Leia. I I did not expect, I expected Luke to make it to the next movie. Me too. I, I really did. Or, or at least just be left behind on Octo. Well, he can still be on the next movie. Because, well, he'll just be a force ghost. Yeah, and because and he disappeared like Ben Kenobi disappeared. He did, and like Yoda, just like that. And so that that apparently is a thing. That's your thing. If you just disappear, then you become a force ghost. Mm-hmm. And now, do will he be the attractive one? Like Anakin got to be the attractive Anakin. Well, redo Anakin got to be attractive Anakin. The original Anakin was eighty six year old. Sebastian Shaw. So yeah. I'm like, you got seriously old motherfucker. Like I know the dark side ages you some, but wow. Yeah. Look at Snokes. He's 38, you know, <laughs> he's, he's 14, but he's never had dairy. So, <laughs> so it's gotta be the blue milk. It's yeah. gotta be the blue milk. So yeah, yeah. I was really surprised with, with him dying. I, but I was really, really impressed with his last show of force. And he clearly is oh, amazing in his ability to use the force than Kylo. Cause Kylo should have been able to pick up on the fact he was a hologram or whatever. Well, I didn't. I mean, I, it, the, the one thing, the first thing I noticed was that he was not leaving any footprints behind. But I thought, I thought he was just really light with the force. Like the force just had him super light on his feet, to be honest. I, it took me a while to figure, you know, it wasn't until he tried to run him through, to be honest, that I full on recognized that he was not there. But I think that he is the first Jedi we have seen who has been able to, because he's actually battling him with a lightsaber. It's not going through the lightsaber. So it's not a full on hologram. Yeah. He kisses Carrie Fisher. He gives her a pair of dice. So he has made kind of a corporeal thing going on. And he's the first one we've seen who's be able to come back as more than just, you know, a blue fuzzy ghost guy. Well, I mean, he wasn't dead yet when he was being in the hologram mode. No, but again, you would think that, you know, just, you know, projecting your, your. It was impressive. I mean. It was amazing. And the fact that, did you notice that the dice lasted longer than he did? Yeah. The dice were, the dice were still there before he, he vanished. So. All right. Pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, Crate was really cool. The way that they did Crate was super cool. That was in uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan that I read a couple months ago. That was, you know, where they first mentioned that base. So when they started showing, uh, and that is when they, they first mentioned that. And I was, when I saw the trailers for it and they were driving across with the red popping up underneath the salt, I was like, oh my God, they're on crate. Like that's, that's insane. So it's kind of cool that they, they, you know, went back to an old rebel. Like that was one of the like original rebel bases when they first, when Bail Organa was first setting things up. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of neat. 
All right. Well, I, I think that I would like to hear everybody's thoughts on it. If you loved it, if you hated it, you know, let us know, send us a tweet, post us a nice one. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. You don't have to like it. I'm not going to make you like it, but just don't be a dick in the way you send your tweet. I don't know. Do you have some in context internet comments for us? I do. So I wanted to read to you a couple of reviews of the last Jedi. Which way did you go? One star, five star. Okay, so for the last Jedi, I went with one star reviews, and Ugh, there are a lot of them. Yeah, so here was one of them. I hope the next film, Return of the Jar Jar, is as good as this film. <laughs> <laughs> so now this one, you're going to have some opinions on. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So another one star review. Actually, this is a zero star review because it was on IMDb, and you can leave zero. Star. Oh. Um, the movie was lame. Running out of fuel, lame. Flying Leia, lame. Rose, lame. Alien cow milk, lame. Feminism, lame. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> oh, I like that. But he actually put Flying Leah. So I don't know. Maybe he watched a different movie. <laughs> so now to counteract this, I decided to give you guys a five star review of The Phantom Menace. <laughs> Okay, so it actually kind of ties back into um, the movie because it said, originally I gave this movie a bad review, but after watching The Last Jedi garbage, now I like all the prequels. Please forgive me, George Lucas. <laughs> wow. And <laughs> and then there was one other five-star review, and this one was legitimate because it was long before this movie came out. It just said, Jar Jar is my spirit animal. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So there all you right. go. So this- Super nice long episode for us. <laughs> yeah, we, we keep doing that. Yeah, it's all right. All right. I think that we have a, a bitch of the week. I have a bitch of the week. Okay. Yep. All right. Pad wrappers. Have I talked about this before? <laughs> no. Okay. Sometimes you need to have like a little pad in your purse, right? Mm-hmm. Those goddamn wrappers are not only day glow orange. But clearly kind of like a pastel day glow orange. It's possible. Yeah. Ask always. Yeah. And it they float to the top of your purse. So open your purse. It's like tampons. The second you dump your purse out, the first thing that rolls out are 34 tampons you didn't even know were in there. I know. Okay. Well, if you're going to make it, can you kind of disguise it? Make it look like maybe, I don't know, anything else. I, I can't think of anything that's really fine. Make it look like a condom. Condoms would be much more acceptable to be floating to the top of your purse than a, a day glow orange uh, pad that always yeah. got there on the top. And it like just floats out of there. It's like. It does. They fly up. It's, it's like it's like your purse is water and its specific gravity is lighter. It always ends up on top, no matter how much you push it down. Yeah. I mean, I keep mine in a zipper and they still somehow come out. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, because they just float up like they're helium. Yeah. It's like when you open like a big thing of glitter, even if you don't make the glitter fly out, it will fly out. It's because they have wings. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking ticker tape parade of pads every time I open them. <laughs> yep. I get that. So, That's all right. I found some recently that I really like because they're super thin and I, I like that. I don't want the ones that feels like a fucking canoe. What's the color and of the wrapper? Purple. But they are like purple with psychedelic orange paisley shit on them. It's like, you cannot so are, me. You cannot look away. Exactly. It's like, I am fancy, motherfucker. And you are going to see me when I come flying out of your purse. 
<laughs> with my damn wings. But what's funny about them, and the guys have all like tuned out at this point, uh, but what's funny about them is the pad itself is decorative. What? Like, I'm like, what is happening? Like, I look down and this pad has got like purple paisley going on, like real light. Like, it's just a very faint wisp of a decoration. And then I looked down and realized they matched my underwear. I was like, that's, that's too much. That's too much. It's like a twin set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know what? Maybe they should put something useful on there. Like, you know, since you're going to have to be looking at it, maybe we could read it. Read, put something to read on there. Some fun, like Snapple facts on there. Like right there. That would be interesting. So. Yeah. You want to know my eye for decor until you saw my pad. Um, <laughs> I have a very uh, refined sense of decor. My pants are fancy as fuck. Guys, I'm just throwing it out here. They are fancy pants. <laughs> I don't know why. Why they think our underwear needs decoration on the inside as well, I don't even know. So, know. Yeah, that's a turn on, guys, right? The pad is pretty. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did we have any recommendations this week? I have one, and it actually ties in a little bit. Um, somebody... As- I saw this pop up on Facebook and I went to go check it out on Netflix. There is a new documentary series. I don't know if documentary is really the right word for it, Um, but there's a new series that's called the toys that made us. And it's going to be an eight part series. And they've done four of them for 2017 and they've got four more coming in 2018. And the very first episode is Star Wars. And it talks all about the Kenner Star Wars toys that we had when we were kids and, you know, how they were basically an unknown company and George Lucas, or, you know, they went to every toy maker in the biz and got turned down by everyone but Kenner and the shit deal that Kenner made to be the sole licensee of these toys. It's really fascinating. But they've also got an episode on Barbie which is amazing to find out where Barbie's roots really come from. Oh yeah. It's like porn or something. Porn. Yeah. It was like, like Swedish porn or some shit. It was crazy. She was, she was actually a pinup hooker cartoon. Like she was a cartoon that was in this magazine or something. Uh, It was crazy. And then they did um, He-Man was one to masters of the universe. And then shit. What was the other one? GI Joe was the other one. So those are the ones that have been there or that are already out. And then they have Transformers and some other ones that are coming out in the next couple of months. So definitely check that out. Yeah, it was really fun. So it's the toys that made us. You can find it on Netflix, you know, so long as your provider is still allowing you to get on Netflix without charging you $17 million in the process. So Or they yeah. won't redirect you to their own personal Hulu. All right. Well, I have a recommendation <laughs> and it's actually just it's a free recommendation for another podcast. Well, yours is free too. If you have Netflix, mm-hmm. but um, and it's just if you really like the Star Wars story, uh, Matinee Heroes podcast that we're kind of affiliated with because producer Craig is on it, and mm-hmm. um, his co-host Alan Cerny, who is a movie reviewer for AinItCoolNews.net. So of course you got to go see the movie early, and everybody's been jealous of that. So what they did for the entire month of December, I know it's January, but you know I'm late on catching up with my podcast. But now they're there. Yeah. They're they're ready. They're all there. You don't have to wait. It's like binge listen. Yep. So every week, instead, normally they do a movie a week. Instead of that, for December, in honor of the Last Jedi, they did a 
character from Star Wars every single week. And so, you know, I really liked uh, they had a, you know, a Luke one, they had a Han one, they have a Leia one, and then they have a Darth Vader slash mm-hmm. Obi-Wan one, I think. I think they comboed it. I don't know. I haven't listened to all of them yet, but I find mm-hmm. it very interesting. And as somebody that's kind of new to the fandom, what in the last five, six years, it's kind of fun to listen to seasoned professionals discuss it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I have been meaning to listen to them, but our internet has been out for the last eight days. Ah, that sucks. <sighs> so bad. Yeah, we've been trying to record for a while, but my internet's been out for eight days. And it's like the fucking Stone Age is here. We hit our data cap yesterday about four o'clock in the morning kind of thing on our cell phones because that's all we've been able to do because internet was at, I, I'm not even kidding. I think I sent you a picture. of It was like 12 kilobits. I'm like, what the fuck? It was less than dial-up because dial-up got 56 kilobits. Yeah, this was, it was ridiculous. Like it was floating between the kilobits. And then I think we were getting maybe up to 22. Now our normal speed is between 250 and 280. Like we have the high speed shit going on. So this was like just... I I was like, I can't do anything like that. Nothing's happening. It's terrible. So we used up all our data and now we finally got it fixed today. I was going to bitch about it on the next show, but I'm bitching about it now. So, (laughs) so, well, at least you, at least you're back up and running. I am up and running. We have got, I think this is going to be a good setup for us going forward. Uh, So I'm really, I'll let you know how it sounds and yeah, that'd be awesome. So, Okay. okay, well, we will see you next week. Absolutely. See you next time. Theme music provided by www.bensound.com. And please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Man, whatever that is needs to be milked.